you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. believe that God can do the impossible in your life today? Come on, if you believe it, why don't you put up praise unto the Lord today? He can turn your life around. He can change everything. He can make everything new in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's an honor to bring the word of the Lord to you this morning. going to be a little different today. I recognize as the worship service goes on how much, how powerful it is to be able to have a screen behind us with words and how powerful it is to be able to preach the word and use references. And So today you're going to have to follow with me in your Bible or on your device. First Thessalonians chapter 4. I will also be referring to 2 Timothy chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and then reading from 2 Timothy chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 3. For this is the will of God, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That's the will of God. To know how to possess your vessel, your flesh, in sanctification and honor. Before we start worrying about what God's what the will of God is everywhere else. He says, the will of God is that we possess this vessel in sanctification and in honor. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 20. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. And some to honor and some to dishonor. So I want to preach to those of you today that have a desire to be used of God. I'm not talking about being used of God on rare occasions, but I intend to preach to those today who are sold out with a made-up mind 
desiring to be a vessel of honor that can do the will of God. By the help of the Lord today, I'll be preaching from this title, Vessels of Honor. Vessels of Honor. Father, we come to you this morning and pray over this message that I am about to deliver that you have delivered to me. I pray, God, that your spirit and your power will help today. Lord, as I preach your word, that your anointing will rest upon the hearts and minds and ears of the hearer. And Lord, that the quickening of your spirit and your anointing would rest upon your messenger today to deliver your word. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. I would suspect that deep in every person's heart, there is a certain desire to be a vessel of honor. If I was to ask how many of you want to be a vessel of dishonor, I would say that there would probably be no hands raised in this room. And for the most part, in any group of people, no one really sets out with the determination of being a vessel of dishonor. So I would guess that every person under the sound of my voice really wants to be used of God in some level, and, and that's a good desire. And that's a right desire. And having spent most of my lifetime in ministry, it dawned on me the other day, I've been married the majority of my life. I've been in ministry the majority of my life. So, I, I can tell you that there's no joy like the joy of being used as a vessel of the Lord. It's greater than monetary gain. It's greater than what I may own or have, places I may go and people I may meet. Being used of God is an incredible honor. There's in my mind, nothing that remotely approaches it in terms of fulfillment, like knowing that you have been a vessel of honor in the hands of the Almighty God. Now, I can tell you by personal experience that being used of God is something that is without compare in this life. It is it is. The apex, I suppose, of God's great calling to know that He is pleased and that we are doing His will. There's no place better to spend your time and there's nothing better to spend your life on than the work of the Lord. You're not wasting your time when you're doing the will of God. Your time is well spent. And, and I thank God for the opportunities that He has afforded us. A few days ago in one of our staff meetings, it was brought to our attention that among our membership of just less than 300, there, is, there are over 120 that are of this assembly that are actively involved in a ministry of this church. And I think that's worth celebrating. So I 
obviously approach this subject today with the feeling that there are some honorable vessels in this house today. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 tells us when the Apostle Paul said, I, I, I see your calling, brethren, that not many wise after the flesh and not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. It is an amazing, an amazing text in 1 Corinthians that begins to tell us that when it comes to being used of God that it is not about my background, my name, not many noble, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, but God has chosen the base things and may I add the base individuals to confound the wise. In the book of Acts, the ninth chapter, the Lord says that the apostle Paul was a chosen vessel to bear his name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the young Timothy, a young minister of the gospel, just before Paul's death. And in so, our text this morning, he, he writes and he says, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are also vessels of wood and of earth. And he goes on to talk about there being vessels of clay. And, and he, he summarizes this all and he said, among what these vessels are made of, he said some of these vessels will bring honor and some of these vessels will bring dishonor. Now I would like for you to consider this morning the representation of gold, silver, wood, and earth that is mentioned in this text, you can read when you get home, as the measure of man. I want you to consider these four things, gold, silver, wood, and earth, earthen vessels, as the measure of man. For it is speaking of the vessel, and it is when it speaks of the vessel, it is speaking of the function of who we are, or the core of who we are. For this, this body, is the vessel, it is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So perhaps some of you would think that when this speaks of gold, wood, silver, and earthen, that maybe it's speaking of the measure of a man's wealth or his education or his social status or even perhaps his giftings and talents. But then we see that the text says that not many wise and not many noble. It's just different words that are that are pouring out the idea here that some gold, some silver, some wise, some noble. You see the text, how it is beginning to unfold. And, and, and I'm, I'm certain that this text is speaking of God's church and God's people. Without a doubt, there are people among us with golden talents that are in this room. As our praise team led us this morning in worship, and what a powerful song they ended with before I had the honor of walking to this pulpit 
the presence of God filling this room, golden talents, music and teachers and and workers in the church with great skill, golden talents. I, I, gold here represents the highest value of precious metals in Bible times. It it sets the standard for trade and it is imperishable, of course. Gold is amazing. And so these people, I would say that as we read through to try to identify who these people, who these vessels of gold are, perhaps these would be those with impeccable character. These would be those that live an impeccable moral and ethical life. Um, their life is in alignment with the Word of God. They, they are producing a hundredfold in the kingdom of God. How many of you would like to be a vessel of gold? Then, then some, some would be better described as vessels of silver. Silver represents another level of precious metals. I could probably skip this with most of you this morning, for you already know the things that I'm bringing to you. It is, it is silver is not golden, but it certainly is desirable and, and valuable and highly usable. It represents a high standard among common people. The church is full of people who strive for gold but attain silver. These folks may not be perfect, but they're highly profitable in the kingdom of God. While they strive for gold in the standard, they're prone to shortcomings and missteps. But they never let those things stop them. Those people keep getting back up and striving again and reaching for perfection. But we haven't yet reached the point of perfection. These are people the Bible talks about vessels of silver. Then, then it talks about vessels of wood. Wood here represents the most common elements among us. Wood is everywhere. It's not overly costly. Of course, if you're in a building project, you would differ with me this morning. Wood is kind of run of the mill. It's, it, it doesn't truly compare with gold and silver. It, it would be more likely to compare with more base elements of, of the earth. It would... Wood would be run of the mill. To be of wood, to be a vessel of wood does not require one to reach for anything in particular. Wood is just average. Wood is common. But yet God can build mighty structures with wood. The tabernacle and the ark of the covenant were built with wood and then they were overlaid with gold. God uses wood, but he hides the wood, the imperfections of the common, and he covers it with gold. And that's an amazing, oh, do you see the analogy here? I thank God that he's able to use wood. And, and, then, and then, of course, the last thing that this text mentions is earthen vessels. Earthen vessels speaks of dirt or clay. It's less than average. It's below the common. It's not the most desirable. It requires a lot of work to establish anything with it. Yet the Apostle Paul says, not many wise and not many noble. But God even takes the, the foolish things, the base things, 
God can even use an earthen vessel. And he can establish something incredibly powerful with an earthen vessel. Anybody with me this morning? That's why when God formed man, God didn't reach down in the gold mine or the silver mine, but he scooped up earth. Perhaps this is one of the reasons why our flesh is so hard to deal with because in all reality, we are earthen. We are just dirt. Don't be offended at me this morning for the analogy, but this human, this human flesh is nothing more than mortal. From dust we came, and to dust we will return. That's why I deal with so many issues with this flesh. This flesh causes me a lot of problems because this flesh is far from being golden. This flesh is far from being silver. This flesh, I don't even know that this flesh could even, this flesh may be able to to produce through cultivation and work. It may be able to produce some wood that God could build some things with. But, But reaching gold and silver may be so far beyond who I am and what I am, but yet God with the stroke of his pen reaches down and he says, I'm going to give this one this talent and this one that gift and this one this talent and he puts a little gold and a little silver on your life and people look at you and say, wow. And the truth is, don't get built up in the stroke of God's brush of gifts and talents that he's placed in your life because at the core, We're all just dirt. Not one better, not one under, not one above. Under this this suit and tie is a man prone to failure, a man prone to faults. Because I'm dirt. That's why this flesh is so hard to deal with. Because in this earth, if we dig long enough in the right areas, we may uncover and discover some things about us that we don't like. But if you'll let God dig around in that earth a little bit, if you'll let God begin to work in your life, God's going to uncover. You know where gold and silver comes from? It comes from earth. So when he scooped up earth and he made you and formed you a vessel, an earthen vessel, there are some gold, some golden things about you and there are some silver things about you. Don't let anything that anybody said to you or anybody, any way somebody has treated you, there are some good, there is good in every one of you because God scooped you up and he said, I'm going to put in this earth, I'm going to put some things that other people may not see, but God knows who you are. That's why David, in the middle of his failure, in the middle of his fault, he turns and looks to heaven and says, God, you know my substance. Ah. 
In other words, God, you know I'm earth, and earth just failed you. Earth just made a mistake. But God, in the middle of all of this dirt, there is something that you placed within me that causes the same man that is prone to failure to be the same man that gets written in the pages of his word to be in the man after God's own heart. Because within the same flesh that you have to deal with every day are some things that God, there's some wood there that God can build on. And there's some gold and silver that God can put on the outside and form some amazing, beautiful things in your life. Maybe God's trying to produce some things out of us. But in order for any wood, gold, or silver to be discovered in us, here is the kicker. Here is the catch to this message. In order for any wood, gold, or silver to be discovered, we have to yield. That's another word for submission. Everybody say submission. There is the key here is submission because we have to submit to God's plan to say, I understand you were formed and you were made. You were made in sin. That's what the Bible teaches. We're all formed and made into sin. That's, that's how we're born. We're born into sin. But God comes into a sinful life. And he said, if you will submit to what I want to do in your life, you're going to have to submit to some of the pain of me digging around in your life. You're going to have to allow me to mine some good things out of you and to cultivate and grow some good things out of you because the things that you are going to be useful for in the structure of his kingdom are going to have to grow out of you. The other things things like gold and silver are talents and gifts that God said I will mine out of you so sometimes when you're going through some things, the pains of life, God is forming something in you, he is working to grow some things out of you that will come through the process of time, but when you yield to God, there will be moments that God says you never saw this in yourself, but while I was digging around, planting in the garden of your soul I now have some gold and silver because you submitted to what I had, had told what I want to do in your life. When you submitted to it, I now have brought out some gold and silver to adorn your life with. So the key here is submission. A lot of folks talk about submission. But God can't do much with us until there is total surrender. Everybody say surrender. This is where we're getting to this morning. Submission, surrender. God can't do much with us until there's total surrender. Because what happens is, is we allow God to work on us for a little while and then we decide, nah, this isn't what I want. There's a beautiful example in Scripture of when the sacrificial lambs were offered 
They took the lamb, put it upon the altar. The altar had four horns on the corners of the altar. The horn was a, a, a tie hook, if you please. It was made out of, of a horn, a literal horn. And they would take the animal and they would tie the animal to the altar so it couldn't slip and slide off and it had to stay there. It was a perfect example of Jesus Christ when he went to the cross and they nailed him hands and feet the four corners of the altar there Jesus is nailed hands and feet to the altar but the truth is is you and I if we want God to do anything with this earthen vessel we can't say okay God here it is You nope that hurts too bad God I'm going to get on the altar no that's too painful but the truth is we have to submit ourselves Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy am I in the book this morning. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. My wife can't present my body. I must present my own life. And that takes total surrender, not part. Not part. You know what part surrender does? I'm good for a little while, but now I'm getting off the altar. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do God's will for a little bit, and now I'm going to get back off the altar. Total surrender is when you say there is no return. I'm tying myself to the altar. I have made a decision, and this decision is not for a little while. It's not until the right change comes. It's not until the right opportunity comes. I am totally surrendered, committed. So God has to work some things out of us. This is why we have to surrender ourselves, because God has to work some things out of us before he can work some things back into us. Does that make sense? Because the problem is, is we are all full of self by nature. What's in it for me? My way. This is how this serves me. This is the way I want it to be. So we're all self-serving by nature. We're selfish by nature. And so all God has to say, you're going to have to sub- surrender yourself, surrender your life. When you do, I can begin to take out some of the selfishness and some of the things in you. And until I get those things out of you, I cannot start putting other things into you. That's why repentance is so very important because we repent of the person we have been. We start dying out to that. We start letting those things be taken out of our life so God can start putting some things back into our life like joy and peace. And now, A lot of folks talk about submission, but they, they don't want to talk about total and complete submission. It's submission to a point. Clay in its natural state is seldom fit for use. Watch. Here's where we get all caught up with, do you know who I am? Clay in its, in its natural state, it's, it's almost never fit for use. Clay, clay has to be softened before it can be fashioned. God can't do anything with us when we're too hard-headed to learn. we got to be softened. Well, this is what I think. Doesn't matter what you think. 
this. Total surrender. You mean absolutely? I mean every chapter, every verse, every line. Oh, we want every promise, but we don't want every commitment. But God is saying you've got to completely surrender. When you totally surrender, completely surrender, then and only then can I start building things back into your life and putting some things back into your life. The clay was mixed with water and sifted to remove any stones and foreign objects that didn't need to be there. There were several settling basins where the sifting would take place. Each basin had smaller holes than the one before. So it was a process of refining. Everybody say a process. It was a process of, refri- of refining. So we had, they, they, it, 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 the clay had to be pushed through a screen. It was dampened. It was worked. It's pushed through a screen, and the large objects are done. Everybody said, "Woo! I went through that test. I must be beyond all the tests. No, that was the first one to take the larger things out of your life. Now God says, I'm going to put you through the next one, and I'm going to put you through the next one, and I'm going to put you through the next one. What is he doing? He is working us into a place of 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 usefulness in the hands of the potter. Once that the earth, the clay, is completely refined, the potter then would take the clay, he would clean the floor, and then he would begin walking on the floor. Wait a second, wait a second, Pastor. You're telling me, I'm telling you, God, God gives us an example here of the potter and the clay, and it said that the potter begins to walk. The, the lesson here is that, the, that after it had gone through the sifting, then the, the, the potter begins to walk on. He begins to, to walk back and forth, getting the air pockets out and, and causing, getting the consistency to just the right point. And then when the consistency would get just right, he would pick up the clay from off the floor and he would place it on the potter's wheel where he would begin to form something very useful. But the process could not be circumvented. God spoke to me this week been doing a, a remodel at my house, remodeling a bathroom, and I was working this week on Monday and Tuesday. I was working alone, and I was working rather hard, and it had gotten hot in the house, and I'm walking in and out, and there was a lot of time to think, and I'm thinking, and I was actually, while I'm working, anybody know what, I'm, what I mean when I say I was working and praying? I wasn't down on my knees praying, but I'm I'm thinking, and while I'm working, I'm talking to God. I'm like, God, this is, and I, so I'm talking to God while I'm working, and He's kind of talking back to me, and so I'm going through this process, and 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 through the middle of all of that, I'm I'm literally I was walking down the steps carrying a big heavy bundle of tile that was headed out for the dumpster, and so I'm going down and literally about halfway down the steps, I could have just stopped and sat down right there because the Lord just quickened something to me that I believe was his voice. It wasn't audible, but I believe God just impressed something upon me and spoke to me right there at that very moment. And God said to me this week, there are many 
that their greatest issue is partial surrender. And here's what I felt the Lord say to me. Tell my people that partial surrender will put them in a cycle of going back to the floor over and over again. Anybody with me this morning? Because when the clay is put on the potter's wheel and when there's a fault that is found in it, it comes off and goes back to the back to the to the floor and it starts going through the same process and it has to go back through the pressing and back through the walking and back through the kneading until finally it gets back on the potter's wheel again. And the Lord said it's it's partial surrender because total surrender means when you come up off the floor and he puts you on a potter's wheel, you are ready to be formed, but it's the things that didn't get accomplished through the process that you're going to go back through the process all over again. Here's what I want you to understand today. God has set his word in us. And if he has set his word in us, I have set my word in you and I have set an anointed voice in your life. The next step is yours and it's total surrender. I'm tired of trying to figure it out on my own. I'm tired of trying to argue with the word of God. I'm tired of trying to not be submitted to what God is speaking into my life at this moment moment I'm tired of the cycle then God says then totally surrender to what I am trying to do in your life oh somebody needs to stop trying to do it on your own stop trying to reason it out in your own mind try to justify it things that God has established for your perfection and for your protection. You'll never be able to bypass it and walk away from it. The truth is that God could have chosen to form us out of gold or silver. Or he could have carved us out of wood. But he chose to scoop us out of dust and form mankind. Because he knew that we couldn't handle being made of gold and silver. He sees how many selfies we post now. And I'm just dust. He said, if you're dust and you're all caught up with yourself the way you are, there's no way that I could have formed you out of gold or silver. i got to work on the dust to get you to where I can allow some gold and silver to show up in your life. But I can't even let it show up until you get the dust under control. Look at your neighbor and tell him, i got a dust problem. Regardless how much we achieve or how golden our talents are, regardless how far into the fine arts we train, we're still nothing but clay. We're earthen. We're clay. That's why the apostle says, in this flesh dwelleth no good thing because there's nothing about this flesh that we can glory in. He goes on to remind us that God, that God, what God does through us has very little or nothing to do with us. This is why we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, just like the Bible said. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7. If you have it in your Bible, read it with me. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure. Everybody shout treasure. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have this treasure of the Holy Ghost in this flesh. Here's why. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. See, that you can sink. I got the power all you want. You don't have the power. The power is from him. We are just a vessel that the power can be in. There's nothing excellent about us. We are just the vessel. He is that that gives us what power we have. Listen, I, I got to hurry. There's no clock on the back wall. I had a phone, and somebody set it where it like only stays on for just a second if I'm not constantly touching the screen. And so don't come up and fix it. I'll just preach a while. Listen, the Apostle Paul did not say that we are great vessels in an earthen house. But instead, he turns it around. And he says, we are an earthen vessel in a great house. Did you get that? We're an earthen vessel in a great house. Some people show up to church and they're like, I have arrived. Go ahead. You're in the wrong church. This is a great house, but we are made up of a bunch of earthen vessels that are few, that, that without God's help are not going to do anything. We're nothing, but his house is wonderful. We're dirt, but we're in, a great, we're in a great house. To further the point of our text, we must understand that God is not concerned with what you're made of or what level of success that you achieve in this life. Because he says some of the vessels are wood and some are gold and some are silver. But God is more concerned with whether we are honorable are dishonorable because when he gives the gold, silver, wood, and earthen, he then divides all of that into two categories. And he said some to honor and some to dishonor. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how high you go in life, what you achieve, how many people are in your downline, some will be vessels of honor, but not all. Some will be vessels to dishonor. It doesn't matter where you go. When you get there, this is what you're going to find. You will find those who have golden talents, but they're dishonorable. You're going to find those. You, you should expect it. Listen, any ministry leader that's in this room, don't be shocked when you discover that some greatly talented individuals that could be a great big help to you have one issue. They're dishonorable. You can't trust them. You can't depend on them. They'll hurt you when they're behind your back. You just have to get used to it. You know why? They're earth. And they're not totally surrendered to God. 
when they 100% surrender to God, when, when, when it is total surrender, I'm not just talking about a little talk with Jesus. I'm talking about a daily present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means every day my attitude got to go on the altar. Every day my actions got to go on the altar. Every day my thoughts have to go on the altar. Every day everything I do has to go on the altar and stay on the altar. If I don't stay on the altar, the earth will rise up in me and the dust will cause a problem. Don't be disheartened. When you find out that some of those golden and silver folks that you trusted have turned out to be dishonorable, because the Bible said they are. They're not all going to be. Some are going to be honorable, but some are going to be dishonorable. It's not about where they came from, the talents they have, how golden they are. How He said they, there's going to be some honorable and there's going to be some dishonorable. There's That doesn't make anything wrong with you. You're not choosing the wrong friends. Uh, you, you, you're not, there's nothing wrong with the church. It happens everywhere you go. Hey, young man or woman, listen, don't get disillusioned when those that you have looked up to along the way fall by the wayside because the Bible said in every great house there will be vessels of honor. There will also be vessels of dishonor. But be encouraged. Not everyone's going to let you down. Not everyone is going to have a hidden agenda. Not everyone is going to reject what God says. There will be those who will appear to have every have very little to offer, but they will be usable in the kingdom of God because they will be an honorable vessel. They will be submitted to godly leadership. They will be they 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 will they, they will heed solid preaching and teaching. They won't reason away the things of Scripture when it affects what they think or the direction they are wanting to go. Or, or they they will be submitted to what God has spoken in His Word because in every great house there will be honorable vessels. The Bible deals with the differences in honorable and dishonorable vessels. And this is what you must do. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. I won't be much longer. Stay with me, all right? You good? 2 Timothy 2, 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these. You want this verse now. If you didn't write it down, 2 Timothy 2, 21. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. You go back and read that that whole chapter when you get home, and you're going to see what it is saying that you've got to purge yourself from. If you purge yourself from those things, then you can be a vessel of honor. But I don't even have time this morning to get in and read the whole second chapter of 2 Timothy, but you need to read it because there's some things it says you've got to purge yourself from these things if you want to be a vessel of honor that are prepared unto every good work. You get that? That means it doesn't matter how you're born, what family you're born into, where you came from. Nobody is ready to be used of God. We have to be prepared. God's got to prepare you. You've got to go through some lessons. There's got to be some learning. There's got to be a process. It doesn't matter how cold you are. You have to walk worthy of your calling. 
my level of surrender reflects the level of commitment to my calling. How committed am I to my calling? It's evident by my level of surrender. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. The Bible talks over and over and over about conversation. It also says the tongue is your most is the most unruly member. It deals with the tongue and conversation and the things we speak over and over because my conversation dictates the effectiveness of my calling. The things I say are the very things that will dictate the effectiveness of my calling. If I say one thing in front of you and something else behind your back, it will affect the effect, the effectiveness of my calling will depend on that. The words I speak and the conversations I hold are important. I gain or I lose my influence by my conversations. Vessels of honor don't wait for someone to recognize them and call them to the stage, but vessels of honor sanctify themselves. In other words, they set themselves apart until God exalts them. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. This is the Bible. We can't be conformed to this world. We must be transformed. We have to have a different mindset from the world. The world says this is okay. But the Bible, if the Bible says it's not okay, I didn't come today to call out sin and go through the list of all the sins, but I could do so right here this morning because if the Bible calls it sin, it doesn't matter how we reason it away and use culture and say, but my situation, and, and it doesn't matter. What the Bible says is sin is sin. So if we want to be used of God, we, we, we may have the potential of a leader, but if we struggle with submission, there is an issue. We must walk worthy of the call. You will never be able to serve over anyone until you learn to serve under authority. I know I'm preaching to a golden group this morning. You have talents and you have connections and, and the world would love to have your talents and the world would love to have your connections. I didn't come this morning. I didn't come this morning to criticize somebody or to preach you into condemnation because there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. But I did come this morning to preach until conviction falls on our heart and we start realizing I need, I've got some things I need to surrender to God. There's a few things I've been holding back most of me, I'm, I'm withholding very little, but there's a few things that I'm not com com completely surrendering to God. This is what I'm reaching for this morning. I'm reaching for total commitment, for total surrender, for those who say I've been holding a little bit back. Now this morning, I'm about to give you an opportunity to walk to the front of this room and declare, I refuse to withhold anything from the Lord. I'm closing with this, 2 Kings chapter 4. The prophet Elijah said to the handmaiden, who said, I don't have much to offer. I just got a little, little oil. I got a cruise with just a little bit of oil. 
That's all I got. Don't have much to offer, God. It's just I got a little small vessel and just a little bit of oil. That's all I've got. Elisha said to her, after she was willing to take what little bit she had, isn't much gold, isn't much silver here. Not much oil here. You see the scenario? Not much oil here. Got a little vessel, and that vessel's not even full. It's just a little oil. It's all I've got. But it's yours. The prophet said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go borrow some vessels. And you bring those vessels. And when she went and borrowed those vessels, she took of her oil and she made a little cake and she served the prophet of God. When she finished, she looked, she still had a little oil and a little vessel. She poured out a little more. Still got a little oil. See, some of us are afraid to totally surrender to God because the things that we withheld from Him are the things that we think make us significant. But I heard from God this week, and I'm reaching for some folks today. You're good people with golden talents. You have silver linings. There's a lot of wood that has built strong foundations. I'm not preaching against you this morning. I'm preaching for you today. There are some that are hindered because you're not totally surrendering it all to God. Because his word is declaring and telling us there's a few things that you're lacking. There's a few things you need to work on. And Oh, but that's my significance. That's the very thing that feeds my pride. That's the very thing that gives me what I need. And the Lord's saying, don't withhold anything. When she gave what little she had, God multiplied her oil. God sent this preacher here today to say, I'm, I'm looking for some vessels. Could I, could I borrow some vessels? I, I came this morning. I've just poured my heart out to you today. I've come this morning and poured it out, and the Lord's saying, now go find some vessels that will let me work in them. There's some this morning. You, your potential is so far beyond your imagination. You don't even you don't even recognize. I see potential in some of you that you don't even see in yourself. And what I see is only the beginning of what God sees in you. But he's just looking for total surrender. God wants to multiply your anointing, but he can't multiply it until there's complete and total surrender. God's not worried about how great you are all the things that you're holding back for your personal significance, God's saying, I'm just looking for a vessel of honor. The joy and the fulfillment you're going to find when you totally surrender to him is going to be beyond your imagination. You may feel like you don't have much to offer, but God has a plan to use you 
in his house. I hear the word of the Lord coming today. Just like he said to Jeremiah, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause thee to hear my words. Jeremiah said, then I went down to the potter's house. And I heard the word of the Lord. Because when I got there, what I saw was I saw a potter that was doing a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel as it seemed good to the potter. I'm going to ask you to stand with me all over this room right now. I, I, I don't know what, exactly what God is going to do in this house right now. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, nobody's moving around, nobody's looking around, but I'm going to open the altars. And if you'd like to walk forward, you're welcome to do so this morning. If you've been withholding some things from the Lord, nobody's watching you walk. Just step from where you are. If God's spoken to you in this message this morning, why don't you come surrender it all completely, totally, complete surrender unto the Lord today. I'm not holding anything back from him. God bless these that are stepping forward. Feel free to join us this morning. There's room here in the front. Now I want to invite everybody, those of you that may feel that you have nothing you have nothing to come and pray for yourself for this morning, then I want you to come and help me. I want you to come gather in with these that have walked forward this morning, and I want you to help us create an environment, an atmosphere for God to move. Altar workers, prayer warriors, elders, people of experience in this church, come forward and help us this morning. Let's pray this morning. Let's turn this house into a prayer room. Come on, lift your voice in prayer this morning. Come on, church, let's pray today. Here I am, God. Come on, total surrender to the Lord today. Come on, put your life on the potter's wheel this morning. Put your life on the potter's wheel today. Oh, yes.
Come on, seek the Lord this morning. Seek him this morning. Hallelujah. 